0: The world we know is a collection of stories, tales, and legends, either real or imagined. All need to be told. There is a place to tell them. So if you want to go there, just click your heels and come join us. The Wizards of Odd. To the Wizards of Odd, how are you out there tonight, Don? How are you?
1: Oh, I'm okay. That remains to be seen.
0: I want to apologize for uh, us missing a week or two of uh, Wednesday night releases. We had a couple of uh, medical situations. Everything's pointed back in the right direction. We hope. <laughs> and um, yeah, I had something come up. I
1: ended up actually being in the hospital for four or five days, which yeah. was a real treat because of an accident during a procedure, but. Uh, it was all right. And most of the people there took care of me pretty well, the nurses and everything, to which I would say, Maraming Salamat. Just thank you very much in Tagalog. Oh, look at you. And uh, when I came home the next day, I had to go get some uh, medication and my car didn't start when I went to get gas. So I'm like, this is just complete. <laughs>
0: this is and
1: uh, a guy really helped me. I just want to say, if he listens to the show, I told him this the show. His name was Mike Serco. This guy took time to help me out. Nice. You know, when you, when you, thank you, Mike. You, yeah, you find a nice guy when you break down. It turned out the car came too; it was all right. But uh, he pushed me
0: to get started. Well, for the, for those of you who are fans and have heard most of our episodes, I'll tell you when I went to, I picked up Don at the um, hospital. It was pretty late one night. It was like ten. Yeah, o'clock I couldn't believe they so. let me out at night. Yeah, which was
1: weird. So I'm they, sitting outside. Like, it looks like an abandoned building.
0: <laughs> and I drive up and I open the window and it said. I'll give you a ride. It
1: was perfect. It was like like the Telly Savalas episode.
0: Oh, so welcome to the Wizards of Odd. Um, If you're a longtime listener, you've been listening every week. We really appreciate that. Please, the best way to support the show is to just tell people about us, so that we can drive up the numbers. This way, we'll get to be in front of more people.
1: Drive them,
0: and. Yeah, and, and, you know, just if you're new to the show, if this is the first time, thank you so much. Yes. Go back, listen to some of the old shows. Mm-hmm. We hope you enjoy it. We try to put not a funny spin um, on on these things. We don't things. put any spin at all. We just give you the information. We we, I, we Sometimes we tell you what we think. Uh, sometimes we don't have anything to think.
1: We tell the stories in our own inimitable right. fashion.
0: Exactly. And we kind of sometimes... Off the rails, but we always bring it back. So
1: it's like a little jest. You go <laughs> off a little bit and you come back to the main theme. As long as you don't lose the thread, you're all right.
0: Now, also, if you've encountered anything odd, anything strange, you've seen something, you've heard something, you've had a ghost it's show up in the now. house. Yeah, oh. exactly. Anything like that. Um, do us a favor. Record your story and email it to oh, us. Oh, yeah. We'd love to hear. Podcast at gmail.com or go. To the website wizardsofoddpodcast.com. Let us know. We'll reach out to you and we definitely want to hear your story. Uh, We we have a few stories that we still have to get to that people have um, sent in, but we're going to do that. Um, I want to give you one update before we keep going um, and talk about our sponsors a little bit. Uh, Shannon, um, who has been on the show a couple of times with hearing things, seeing things, you know, that little boy thing. And um, my granddaughter Mia was at their house two weeks ago, and she said, "Oh, there's a man in the bathroom downstairs." Uh, a man? It was a man. She said it was by the laundry room part of the bathroom. Well, I mean, so, as I said to Shannon, they're
1: not like migrants.
0: It's not; <laughs> they're everywhere. I don't think they're there though. Uh, he's not bothering you. Just let it go. If anything gets any more crazier. Then we're going to have to bring well, our good yeah. friend Peter Joy. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, the fact is, okay, you get a glimpse of something every now and then, but when they're in the bathroom with you, it's like, look.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? That's a little. Uh, yeah, it's that's like, a little familiar. Yeah, that, yeah, I've had it with you. Yeah, exactly.
1: I've had it with you. You get the dustbuster and you threaten them. <laughs> but I mean, the dead kids coming to the window. I mean, yeah.
0: Come on. I know it's a lot.
1: You got to go. You tell them you got to leave. <clears throat> Sorry, you so you got to be somewhere else. You can't. It's like closing time. You can't stay here.
0: Yeah, exactly. You got to go somewhere, but it can't be here. Closing
1: time. Move on.
0: Tonight we have a really interesting show. It's something that um, Don and I have talked about this many, many, many times. It's an odd
1: story. I mean, something that occurred, but the take on it. It's a
0: few odd stories. Yeah, really. Well, one of them was actually, uh, I believe it was a movie. Uh, They made it into a movie and. the Battle of Los Angeles. No,
1: they made a they made a modern movie.
0: Oh, a modern like the movie Aliens. Of it? Aliens. Oh, yeah. It was a okay. modern movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that story.
0: But we're going to talk about the Battle of Los Angeles. Yeah. Now, if you're a UFO person like Aaron Rodgers, who told his <laughs> UFO story on Hard Knocks, um, the thing I liked about that, Don, by the way, too, that was in New Jersey.
1: Oh yeah, that was at his friend's that was, house.
0: that was his friend's house in oh, New yeah, Jersey. Yeah, yeah. So that was very interesting. Um, for those of you who haven't heard it, uh, go to Hard Knocks or even if you go on YouTube and just search Aaron Rodgers' UFO story. It's really interesting.
1: Well, New Jersey has a lot of weird stuff in the air. I mean, actually, didn't a plane just crash not far from here? Yeah, yeah. Over the, It crashed at Ocean Township. The yep. woods were on fire. Then a helicopter crashed up where I used to live, South Brunswick.
0: Oh, in that area. Helicopter
1: oh. crashed. I'm like, okay.
0: But tonight we're going to talk about a couple of different stories. But the first one is going to be the Battle of Los Angeles. And again, as a UFO person, you'll know this story, but if you if you don't know the story, uh, good. I want you to hear it from us for the first time. so nineteen forty two february twenty fifth nineteen forty two three months after Pearl Harbor, the country is on edge because the Japanese actually got to got to us. They got to Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And no one ever figured that that could happen.
1: Well, that that's the context you have to put this in, right? You had December seventh, nineteen forty-one, the attack on Pearl Harbor, uh, and so on. February of forty-two, you had air raid sirens, searchlights, any aircraft guns, yeah, blackouts and drills at night because And you got to realize on on February twenty-third, nineteen forty-two, a Japanese submarine surfaced and shelled oil installations at uh, north of Santa Barbara, right? So they actually did fire, yeah. On the West Coast, so that's what led to the scare of, of putting Japanese Americans into the internment camps, mm-hmm. which was totally unfair. But I guess they figured they didn't have time to take a chance. Yeah, they couldn't panicked take a at chance. the time, and there were groups involved in, in stuff that, against the government. But overall, those people were fine people. And the actual the, the uh, combat unit made up of Japanese American troops that fought in Italy and a lot of Europe were one of the highly dedicated yes. units of all. Of all that we had. So they were very, very, uh, for the most part, very, uh, you know, patriotic people. Now, of which lo- George Takai was
0: one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, what a lot of people don't also realize is that even on the East Coast, there were many German submarines that were just off the coast, like, you know, less than a mile away. Well, off yeah, the coast. Even, even not
1: far from here, where you had like Seaside yeah. Heights. And I, yeah. I remember people telling me about how they said blackout curtains. Yeah. Along the boardwalk, you had to pull blackout curtains. Yeah. Because you couldn't let anybody know where you were. You, you just, if, Planes were coming over, you had to shut up all over the lights. You don't want to give them yep. a target. Yep. You don't want to give them anything to fix on, so.
0: I was actually reading that the Germans said they were using, you know that red church in Monmouth? It's like in, um.
1: Oh, down the shore there? Now? Yeah, it's down the shore. Past the Atlantic Highlands. Yeah, almost
0: Atlanta. like. the, oh, the old D'Alo, church. Yeah, the old no, red I church. Yeah, 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 They were using that as a, a point of. Because they could pick uh, that out. Spot, yeah. You could
1: pick out the spy.
0: Yep, Exactly. But, yeah, so there are Japanese uh, submarines off the coast of Santa Barbara. Everyone's afraid that the Japanese are going to now attack the West Coast. That's where they're going to go to next. So, as Don said, they put up uh, anti-aircraft gun and artillery, and they were ready. They were ready. The radar was insane. And then one night, February 25th, as I said, 1942, they started tracking... A f- what looked like a small fleet of aircraft.
1: Yeah, they picked up some coming in off over the ocean. Which the is exactly ocean. where they'd be coming right. from if they were being attacked. So they
0: thought they but thought. That's what they the were told Japanese. to look for. They yeah. were told to look for. The problem was is that the movements, the speed, and all of those did not match anything that the Japanese flew. Nothing at all.
1: No, no, and even if, uh, yeah, I mean, at that point, even until, like, later on in the war, you had people like the Germans with things nobody had ever seen before. Yeah. Uh, This was early on, so the planes were pretty much what you would expect, Japanese Zeros, Mm -hmm. Mitsubishi, wonderful cars now, Uh, you know, stuff like that. They, They had fast planes, and they developed this whole quick strike thing, which is very reminiscent of what the Germans did with Blitzkrieg. They figured they could come and just take out most of our Navy. And, and then, then bolt out. And then, yeah, and then they yeah. pull back a little bit and then start to settle in and do what they had to do. Uh, you know, but many people in the Japanese uh, military and stuff at the time figured, said it was a bad move. Admiral Yamamoto, who had gone to school in the United States, said, I would never want to invade the United States. because there'd be a gun behind every blade of grass and every rock and every yeah. tree. Yeah. Also, they knew that the military, we could. We'd outproduce them. Yeah. So it was, it was really not a really smart thing to do. It's kind of the same thing the Chinese are doing now. They just want to intimidate you, figuring, okay, you're just going to back down, which is what Putin did in Ukraine. Where, where'd that go? Right. You know, now it's a mess.
0: Well, as, as the U.S. military is following this small fleet or what looked like a small fleet. Yeah, they
1: perceived something coming in. They weren't really able to actually identify, but there was something obviously coming in off the ocean.
0: Comes in over San Diego, heads up north towards Los Angeles, at ridiculous speeds, doing ridiculous maneuvers. And before you know it, it's over Los Angeles. The air raid sirens go off, and the artillery is going.
1: Yeah, it was like uh, 2.25 in the morning. Yeah. and all of a sudden they they got the word from, or somebody just started. They all just opened up because they spotted and things in the sky, and they, they opened up. And they right, were shooting, and, they and you had sirens, searchlights, uh, gun crews uh, pumping away. Uh, you know, the uh, volunteer Air Raid Wardens came out and they went around. They went around the city. A lot of them got hurt helping people out from crashes and trying yeah. to put lights out and d- doing their job. I mean, keeping it all together. You know, blackout regulations. And, they, you know, they they even praised them. I'm reading the L.A. Times where they just kind of made this was like, a mistake. And these people were so level-headed, the airway wardens, but they make it look like the guys behind the guns were just panicked. Right, which they did not panic. I mean, there is, there is a thing where people start shooting. You're all going to start shooting till somebody stops. Yeah, But uh, they were, and you see, when you see, there's a, well, they said no bombs would drop, nothing happened, uh, although a lot of the, um, Shots came down. Five people died. Three were killed in automatic uh, automobile accidents. Yeah, and two others died of heart attacks. But they fired like fourteen hundred and something shots that didn't hit anything. Although it was a well, famous, the famous picture.
0: Yeah, right.
1: It's a famous picture right over the gun emplacements in the middle of L.A. The, all the all the. Uh, Lights are converged in lights. one spot, and you can see it looks like some kind of craft or you, something there. Right? You now see people the have said people have said it's been enhanced to look that way, but they didn't. They didn't say they put anything in there. They just changed it so you right. can see it
0: better. They said, "Yeah, what happened was that because of all the smoke and all, they they did go in and work with the photo, but they didn't add anything to the photo. They cleared it up, kind of like when you you're putting up something on Instagram and you know you're." You're making it lighter or darker or you're adding a shadow yeah. to it, you know so
1: yeah and, and
0: everybody says it definitely was not doctor.:
1: well many, many times you you look at things too, and when they when they're're uh, they're searching for something doing research or scouting something out either on infrared or whatever at night or a different location mm-hmm. or they have a, a video of something, so very often they'll change the filters to change the color uh, the colors and, and something will appear where it didn't appear before. Mm-hmm. because you changed certain things that stick out right doesn't mean you put anything in there right I mean, you just took out you things just, that things that were obscuring what you wanted to exactly. see exactly
0: but yeah but and and there were people there were a lot of witnesses that say that they saw the UFOs yeah of course they were you know again well it probably wasn't a UFO no it never is it never is <laughs> It never is a UFO. Well,
1: apparently it was weather balloons again.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. They
1: released a bunch of lighted weather balloons. <laughs> now, why? When you, it makes no sense when you're when you're having like you're on edge. Apparently, you're expecting an attack. Okay, right. why would you send up weather balloons in an air raid situation? You wouldn't, and, the, and not tell anybody. That's what it and is. Not tell anybody, right? Were they secret weather balloons? Yeah, I mean, and plus they're coming in off the ocean. It's not. What do you find out that the ocean is an offshore breeze?
0: Yeah, that's basically what they're saying. But I mean, it's, it's
1: like, I don't get it, but they uh, they said that, and they, okay, well, where are, all these, where are all these things? They would have come down. The balloons would have come down. Yeah. Like the Chinese ones did.
0: And the other thing that they couldn't answer when pressed on it was, how do weather balloons travel at the speed that the things you were tracking traveled at?
1: So yeah, it's always the weather again, balloons. And it's usually like owls flying weather
0: balloons. Yeah, owls. <laughs> I was owls watching, I was watching some old. Balloons.
1: I was actually watching some old shows, and you go back, and uh, you know, I was watching a bunch of old Monster Quest, and some are very good, but they have the same. You have these like skeptics, like this guy Phil Nickel, who's a uh, who was a. Uh, private eye, but everything he does, like, people often mistake the size of the thing. It's not as big as they thought. And yeah. they all get together, and then they have, like, a collect hallucination. They all see the same... I'm like, yeah, when has that ever happened to you? And he said, yeah. <laughs> Somebody suggested something to you. He said, yeah, I all see it, too.
0: Yeah, we all see it. <laughs> it's like, that's just
1: too... And then he said it's probably an owl for the mothman. I'm like, friggin' owls. I mean, that's you know. just,
0: That's just crazy. Although
1: well, owls me. were always involved with witches, so that's not exactly a ringing endorsement.
0: So, so that's not the only really big event that happened just a few years later. So that was 1942. Yeah, that
1: was just like, you could understand that was at a point of hysteria. Right. And, uh, and you know, you want, you're want you going to, you'd rather take a chance on shooting something down than letting something through.
0: But now the war is over in 1948. The
1: war is over. Done. Well, right in
0: 1948.
1: In 1948, there was, this is a really strange story because it's, once again, this is stuff that really happened. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what really happened? And this is like 1948. Uh, and this guy, what happened was, they actually they picked up some things. This is off of like Fort Knox, up mm-hmm. in Kentucky out there. It was, uh, I forget what it was. The, the air base was, uh, was somewhere in Kentucky.
0: It was near Franklin, Kentucky. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And, but what happened was, this guy,
0: this From guy... From uh, Army... Of the Kentucky Army National Guard. Yeah, because
1: this was like post-war. This was like 48. So these guys mm-hmm. had come out of the war. And this guy in particular that we're going to talk about was a highly decorated expert pilot. Right. This guy had like 20,067 20, hours, most of it in combat flying. He had four air medals, and he had the distinguished flying cross. The yes. distinguished flying cross I saw was from a plane he was flying. He was dropping off. It was, it was Operation Market Garden during, like, right after, like, uh, uh, D-Day. And so they were, he was flying in guys like, like gliders. And his yeah. plane got hit. And he they wanted to turn off. He said, no, I'm going to keep going until I drop this thing off. And he did. But he lost most of his controls in his plane. He couldn't, like, really get the up or down or sideways as much as he wanted. But somehow he coaxed the thing back to the base. And he landed it. And they said, this thing was impossible to fly. I saw pictures of it. It was totally... Blown to hell. Yeah, but he And he got the Distinguished Flying Medal for that, saving that. So this guy was not a guy who panicked. He was a heavily trained guy. He was a guy from combat. Yeah, And here he was. This is in 1948. They're flying along. What happened was they picked up some on a radar. Once again, the radar picked up something. Mm-hmm. Picked up a couple of things. They said, can you check this out? Can you check that out? And they had this flight of these guys. They were like, like you said, they were like Air National Guard. They were flying. They were coming back from where they were going. And this guy, on January 7, 1948, this guy Mantel, uh, he uh, sat in the cockpit. and He had a fifty, an F-51D Mustang. These mm-hmm. are great planes. Mustangs are great planes because they could fly low and fast maneuver, and they could ha- carry a lot of armament. So they were very good at the end of where well, They also used them in Korea, and they also used them in Vietnam because oh, okay. they were good for close support. Like mm-hmm. later they had the, the Warthogs. But this guy... This guy, this Captain Thomas Mantell, you got to give him credit because it was a Godman Army Airfield, okay? And they said they saw a UFO that a lot of people saw that day. So they said, can you go check it out? So there were four of them. So they were going to go back to base. One was going back to base, and three of them were to go look for this thing. Mm-hmm. So they were flying, and, and they, they didn't see it right away, the other two guys. But he saw it, and he took off because it was, it was way above him and climbing. So he took his plane and gunned it and was following this thing and chasing it. And he kept going higher and higher and higher. They said he didn't know anything. And then they never heard – they didn't hear from him again. And they went – somebody gassed up and came back looking for him. Eventually, they found his Mustang, his plane, had crashed. It had just gone wherever it went and then came down and crashed, and he was dead. His watch was stopped at the time he crashed, supposedly. And he was dead. And they said – some of them said because he didn't have proper oxygen mask, he went too high – and uh, maybe he got oxygen deprivation and passed out. But this is a guy who was—he knew how to fly. Well, and they said, and if it was a balloon, how high and how fast was this balloon? Another one where they said it was a balloon.
0: Yeah, they said, well, because then he couldn't it, catch it.
1: Well, they said because of the gases in the balloon, it would—it uh, would look like a teardrop, a lower atmosphere. But as it goes up to upper atmosphere, it kind of pillows out and looks more like a saucer shape.
0: Excuse me, but that's pure bullshit.
1: Well, they also said this thing hovered at one point for like. A few hours it hovered in one spot. Right. So they said, well, that's where maybe there wasn't a current, so it kind of just floated slowly oh. up. And it looked like. And they, they also accused him of, follow, of uh, chasing uh, Venus. Like he, oh, he was uh, looking, yeah, he was looking at that. Venus and he was flying after Venus.
0: Yeah, because he doesn't know what Venus is. Well, well, even Venus if you thought it was Venus said. or not, you're thinking,
1: I'm not catching this thing, I'm turning it around.
0: I find it very hard to believe that an experienced pilot would be chasing Venus, thinking that he's chasing a UFO. I mean,
1: people have said that, that you could be deceived by it, but I don't think you could be deceived for long term. You and me
0: like, could be deceived by it. Yeah, I've, I've looked up and go, What's the, oh, it's Venus. Right. But you
1: know, but, but you know eventually, in this uh, fighter squad, and they they've been doing low-attitude navigational training, so it wasn't like, and this guy was leading them. Right. It wasn't like they, they were lost. you know. It was like, I don't get it. It's and, and people said, well, it was, it, was, it was probably just, you know, weather-wise, it looked like a pretty good day. It was a clear day.
0: Yeah, it wasn't a bad day. It was a
1: clear day. And this is what was, in the, even the February 18, 2002 story by Jazz Shaw titled, What Was Pilot Thomas Mantel Chasing When His Plane Crashed in 1948? Right. They have source materials from Project Blue Book. Shaw notes that Air Material Command at Wright-Air Patterson Air Base in Ohio requested meteorological records shortly afterward of the region from that particular day. So they wanted to... Okay, so if, if they had balloons up there, they would have had that. Right. And, and why did they need meteorologic
0: so they could use it as an excuse? Dude, let me tell you something. When Wright-Patterson Air Force Base oh, is, is <laughs> involved... Well,
1: that's deep. that's deep.
0: That's deep in. That's deep, deep in. That's deep
1: in. No matter what's happening there. Even like Area 51, if it's not aliens, it's so it's so deep in that you, you will never know. I mean, because... Like Area 51, like people go, let's go, go to Area 51. Yeah, if you want to get shot.
0: Right, and you will get and shot. And
1: the, the thing is, that's where they got the two uh, helicopters that they went and got bin Laden. That's where they picked them up. Right. They were prototypes that weren't quite finished, but they had all kinds of things to become, not be detected, so they wanted mm-hmm. to use them. And so that's where they got them from. That's what they do there. They asked astronomers to to identify the positions of both Venus and Jupiter in the sky on an hourly basis. They definitely seemed to be looking for any mundane explanation, but even their own investigation found that those planets would not be visible during daylight hours, and the weather was good for visibility. So how could you be deceived? I'm not saying people don't make mistakes, but...
0: (laughs) Wait, I got to say this. I was thinking of this today. You know who would have been great back then when people questioned the government over these UFOs and yeah. stuff like that. Corinne Jean-Pierre. Because oh. she would give that government line and you look at her face. Okay, she I believes be- it.
1: Okay, I refer you to uh, the thing the other day that said we're really good people, so you might and want that, to read that.
0: And that definitely was Venus. Uh, was that... We're going to uh, say it was now Venus. Now that they
1: captured an alien the other day, well, I just want to say this, that people to our country are welcome. <laughs> we don't turn any way. We are a sanctuary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, we, we are a sanctuary planet. We're a sanctuary planet.
1: <laughs> you know, these are people tell you, don't build a wall oh. because it's medieval technology, but we're going to have been windmills. So,
0: they, so they've never really solved why the no. plane crashed, well, how then, he died. He died in the plane crash, but I mean, how it happened, what happened. Well, the thing is, they, they saw it. Other people
1: saw it. The, the thing is, there right. were other calls... Uh, state police officers called for concerned Kentuckians at several different locations throughout the morning, early afternoon, so many, in fact, that officers decided to alert Fort Knox military police, who in turn notified personnel at Godman Air Base as the object slowly traveled south from Irvington to Owensboro before reaching Godman.
0: But, Dom, we all know that when the state police and the regular police see UFOs and chase them, that... They don't know what they're seeing. No, they're, that's what everybody says. Well, they don't know what they're no, seeing. No, they're doing
1: their job. They see something unusual, they want and exactly. people are upset by it, they want to see what it is. Right. Doesn't mean they could do anything about it, but yeah. but if something happens, they're going to be between you and the thing that happened. That's yeah. what people don't realize.
0: It listen, I'll You're go
1: defunding so, your own protect, protection.
0: I'll go back to the people in Vegas that said they saw the aliens when the and the police reaction whether they saw it or not. The police reaction was we saw that thing in the sky. We can't confirm it's an alien, but that's what we're investigating. But some, some little weaselly guy in a black coat is going to come by and say, yeah. oh, that was nothing.
1: Well, that's the thing, too, with the tower personnel. Tech, it wasn't just a couple people. Tech, right. tech Sergeant Quentin Blackwell and PFC Stanley Oliver later described the mysterious object as something resembling an ice cream cone or a parachute white and round on top with a conical shape underneath. Operations officer Captain Gary Carter said the round white object was plainly visible in the afternoon sky. Mantell radioed the tower. He had spotted the object at 14,000 feet. At 15,000, he said, the object is directly ahead of me and above me now, moving at half my speed. And he, which is probably like 200 miles an hour. He, he, said, he said, it appears to be a metallic object are possibly reflections of sun from a metallic object. It is of tremendous size. I'm still climbing. The object is above and ahead of me, moving at my speed or faster. I'm trying to close in for a better look. Two other pilots turned back at 23,000 feet to their lack of oxygen, and uh, they returned to the base to get oxygen mass. And roughly, he just... He, he flew, just kept going. He flew for about 10 more minutes or so. Then they, they didn't hear from him, and then they found his plane and later crashed. But the thing is... Also, it's a weather balloon. He couldn't catch a weather balloon? Like the air was raising the weather balloon? No. He's, he's chasing it in no. his aircraft, which no. would have the same tailwind. And he's saying it's, it's a silver thing in front of me. He would have said, oh, it's a balloon. Yeah. He didn't know what a weather balloon was?
0: oh
1: I'm not buying
0: it. No, not at all. Not at all.
1: You know, and then they found them. Uh, they had a few... Uh, they reported that he had, lo- they, he had lost sight of the object. Ten minutes later, sightings began to come in from neighboring communities because it was drifting. People were seeing it. A few more garbled transmissions, communications, and Mantel ceased. By 5 p.m., brief of his plane was discovered in Shelby County, southeast of Louisville. Investigators noted his seatbelt had been shredded. Whatever that means. His, his seatbelt was shredded? It was shredded. His watch was stopped at 318. Hmm. They, they concluded because... Uh, position of the throttle and crestably suffered from oxygen deprivation and passed out around 25,000 feet. The, the plane continued to climb to 30,000 before leveling off and eventually taking a high-speed node dive to earth. Now, it says here they think he pursued the Navy Skyhook balloon released from Clinton Air Force Base. You know, okay. It was Project Skyhook. But at the same time, they said none of them were released at that time. They didn't have anything in the air. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> So it's like, oh yeah, that's a good explanation. until you really look at it,
0: and right? It, it's and you realize it's not. <laughs> they
1: said it was likely that you know. It's like they were talking about the balloons. It says at the end here. It says, however, there still exists no documentation to prove or disprove this theory. Other accounts suggest that one of Mantel's garbled last transmissions claims he saw people sitting inside the flying object as airplane burst into flames before striking the ground. He's got a plaque honoring him. This was, this guy was an honored, you know. Yeah. He wasn't a flying hero. He wasn't just some some guy who just took a lesson and went up.
0: Before we get to our next story, I just want to uh, mention, as I said earlier, uh, to support the show, if you hit the like button, if you tell people about us, that's one way. Another way is support our sponsors. And one of our sponsors, Silk City Hot Sauce. They have the best hot sauce that you can possibly buy. They've got so many different flavors. They've got the Jezebel. They've got one that's like a Vermont maple syrup hot sauce. They've got a Dragon's Fire hot sauce. Dragon's Fire. They do. And not only are they great hot sauces, but even when you buy them, it's almost like a collector's edition thing. The bottles have like these old throwback to the 1940s and 50s yeah, they cartoon kind of, images they, on them.
1: They conjure up this kind of a...
0: It's really good.
1: Yeah, almost this uh, detective film noir yeah, kind of feel. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> um, so you can go to their website, silkcityhotsauce.com. Pick what you like. They do a great job of getting this stuff out to you. You get a discount if you put in the word ODD at checkout. And let us know when you get your hot sauce how you liked it. Yeah, let us know. We want to know what flavors (laughs) you like. And because we already know that Deb Potts has used it. She put it in a special meatloaf recipe. she really? Which, Deb, you said you were going to send me the recipe. I don't think I got it. So I don't know if you're just slacking. Well, I have no be, idea. You can't be
1: responsible for what you do.
0: Well, I can't. I, I didn't see it. Now, the other thing is, so don't forget, silkcityhotsauce.com, put in the word O-D-D at checkout. The other one is if you're in our local area, Ocean County area, Tom's River area, the best sub sandwiches to me in New Jersey, and I've lived in northern Jersey, central Jersey, and now southern Jersey, sub-doctor's. Go in and see Kevin. Great, great, great subs. Uh, they work a lot with a local legend here, Todd Frazier. So for all you Yankee fans that are uh, listening, Todd Frazier, one of your boys, go in there, say hello to Kevin, get a sandwich, tell him you heard about it on the Wizards of Oz. You know,
1: you know, when I was in the hospital, it was right down the street from there, probably.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, it's not far from here. It's not where I intended to be. <laughs> it's where right. I ended up. And I, I, I'm in there, I'm such I'm such a whore, I'm like, have you heard my show here, it's a, I have a card on me. <laughs> I didn't have anything else on me, I had a couple of cards. <laughs>
0: cards. Oh, I'll
1: check this out. I go, yeah, and also there's a sub shop
0: down here you might want to look
1: at. <laughs> yeah. Me, you know, I'm like, maybe we can all go down to the Miracle Inn, and they're like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like You yeah. know. meanwhile, I'm sitting here like uh, Clint Eastwood, you know, yeah. practically
0: get off my lawn. We're always humping the show.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, hey, you might want to see you guys. All right, cool, man. Because I, I was a Haitian kid, I said... I was talking about Hades, and we talked talking about the Rougarou. Because the and I'm going to listen to this. Yeah, you see? These are good kids. Kid Lou.
0: So, our next story. 1942 to 1944 kind of range. They're not exactly sure of the date. In Siberia, Russia. Siberia? In 1993, <laughs> the information about this event became declassified and the CIA released it. So, supposedly, a low-flying saucer... Yeah, this appeared... is
1: one, this, I think I may have vaguely heard of this, but this is one on me.
0: Yeah, this is a low-flying saucer appeared over Russian troops and someone unexpectedly launched a surface-to-air missile and <laughs> hit the UFO. As
1: Russians are wont to do.
0: It fell to the earth and... In the middle of the rubble, five very short humanoids, as they would be described now as greys... Or a boy band. They came out of the ship, the spaceship, and they had large heads, <laughs> large black eyes, um, very, very alien, stereotypical alien type. Um, and what happened was also what came out of the ship was a very white bright ball
1: sound It sounds like the ball from the movie the show the prisoner remember that?
0: The ball, oh they yeah that's get away right. the ball yeah. and they come and track you down well the ball came comes out and it gets brighter and brighter and they said that the aliens kind of put their hands out and the ball connected with their hands really? and then kind of exploded oh well when it exploded like a
1: bad kumbaya moment there
0: Twenty-three Russian soldiers were immediately turned to stone.
1: That's weird. I didn't even say they were obliterated, but they were turned to stone? Turned to stone. To stone. They literally turned to stone or just it in place?
0: No, literally turned to stone. Two of the soldiers ah. that actually gave the information about this survived. They said, because one of them said he was so kind of scared... When the aliens <laughs> came out, me. he kind of started going backwards and fell into a ditch.
1: Hmm. So he fell out of the line of sight well, in this blast.
0: Exactly. And another one was <clears throat> behind a tree. Oh,
1: the old tree. The old so, tree ploy.
0: So very shortly after that, uh, the KGB show up. They take the wreckage of the UFO and the bodies, the, the, the stone bodies of the soldiers, and they brought them to a very close area to there, kind of like a makeshift research and, um, you know, hospital kind of facility. Kind of a just hospital uh, slash quarry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they, you know, the KGB says that the remains of them were petrified and then they were taken to a second...
1: What would do that,
0: though? ...scientific research center. Mm. Now...
1: I mean, some, Is that like Sodom and Gomorrah?
0: Well, know? some people are saying that honestly what could have happened was that this was another one of those Russian military weapons gone wrong where they they actually tried it on their own – they happened to try oh, it on their I own troops that, but, you know. and it was a cover-up.
1: I don't know. I have no
0: idea. That's a weird one. That, I mean, That's a it, really, really weird one. I mean, really I don't even know what to one. say about
1: that. You know what I mean? It's like – it's very bizarre. The fact that people would turn to – normally you would say – and then this thing uh, went off and they were disintegrated or right they were blown to bits or, yeah, or they were badly burned like radiation not they turned to stone
0: yeah that's really bizarre well listen they're it's, also it's like the
1: russian army chess set yeah.
0: but they're also using that kind of a, a reason in many cases for the diatlov pass saying that what happened there was a Russian military exercise gone well, yes, wrong. Yeah, see, I think that was there. I, I, that. I believe that you don't more hear, you than don't hear, anything. You
1: don't hear that much. We talked about that. We proposed that. And uh, that seems to make the most sense to me. Not not like like some strange animals or the local people. local people wouldn't have done that.
0: Because the more... They don't
1: need that trouble. The more They're you not like look that.
0: at the pictures that they... that When yeah. they found in the camera, yeah. the thing that they say looked like a Bigfoot kind of was like I, I a military more, guy I in like a more,
1: Yeah, it looked more like a guy in uh, mm-hmm. polar gear.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And that's what it looked like to me. And also, mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing you could say the way some of the bodies were mutilated would be the way primates would, would mutilate you. But it just seemed like people were tortured and blasted. Someone yeah, had burns and odd places. We went through that. It just seems like that was a very, they covered that up because somebody did something really horrible
0: there. Yeah, somebody did yeah. for sure. And the last thing that we wanted to talk about tonight was something that happened very close to here within within probably I would say 6 miles of here and Yeah, it's
1: probably a good 6 8
0: miles. When I was working in uh Pennington, I passed the for- the um the Air Force base every single day oh, yeah. <laughs> going well, to work.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I, I used to go there once in a while.
0: And it's a story of in 1978 <laughs> supposedly an alien was first of well first of all there's a UFO sighting <coughs> and the military police chased the UFO which supposedly crashed into a desolate part of the airbase
1: yeah there they there were uh
0: what is it called like lake lake Fort Dix, well, it's Lakehurst, Lakehurst but it's,
1: it's Fort Dix-McGuire. It's like a combination. It's a combination, yeah. It's McGuire base. Air Base and Fort Dix. Fort Dix was a, was very was used to get drafted. You'd go to Fort Dix around here. And, yeah. Uh, also, now it's mostly a prison. But, yeah. But we, i got to tell you this real quick. A friend of ours, my wife and I, lived uh, not far from there, like next to the base. So we came out. When we first went over there the first couple of times. It was an odd kind of back way. And I, Okay, so I leave with my wife. My wife's kind of sleeping. You know, we had a couple of drinks. So I, I make a right instead of a left, and I go down a couple of miles, and I come to the guardhouse, the big oh, guardhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, and these guys all come out with the berets and the M16s, yeah. and they're around the car. And I wake my wife up, I go, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just showed them the idea. Okay, I just go out. because they, they knew, but I was like, I woke her up like, honey, I don't know what happened. I saw some lights, and these guys are all around the car. <laughs>
0: But this one, uh, he's a retired Air Force major, George Filer. Now, his job was, he was at the air base, they said, every morning at 5 a.m., and he was there till like, 4 in the afternoon. And he was the person who was supposed to keep, I guess, the general or whoever's in charge at that base up to snuff on everything that's going on yeah, in well, the air.
1: He, well, he pretty much kept trying. He was the uh, Air Force intelligence officer. Right. Major George Filer III, and he still lives in Jersey.
0: Yeah, he's still he, alive. He,
1: uh, he was the guy in charge of, you know, knowing what's going on there, keeping track yeah. of all the little secret shit and everything. What happened, a military police officer that they shot an extraterrestrial being at Fort Dix in the early mornings of January 18, 1978.
0: But the way he found out was he shows up for work and they wouldn't let him in, and he's like, "What are you kidding me?" I'm yeah. here, and they said, "No, we've been told the base is shut down." And he goes, "What happened?" He goes, "Well,
1: Don made a wrong turn." I mean,
0: he goes, "An MP shot an alien on the tarmac." He goes, "I gotta get in there." Of course. And his story was that he he talked to the he talked to the MP. The MP said that they chased this thing, and it was about a four foot, you know, bipedal, grayish brown in color. Same thing, fat head, large arms, slender body, and it took five rounds from a forty-five caliber handgun, and just as what would happen if you were a regular uh, human being and not an alien, poof, they yeah. were down. Five shots, yeah. they are down.
1: And the thing is, uh, they had reports of something flying around the area. Was yes. just, guy, they just just like walk up and go, oh, what's this guy doing here? Uh, the guy was driving a military police vehicle. They went through the, the woods around the Air Force because there's a lot of woods around there. Because mm-hmm. yeah. we're actually, and actually when we live here, we're not only down here. we're kind of near the shore, but we're actually at the beginning of the Pine Barrens. You can see how a lot of these towns are carved out of the Pine oh, Barrens. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, he was at Joint Base McGuire-Dix Lakehurst in Burlington County. And they were in pursuit of a strange low-flying aircraft that had been observed passing through the military uh, installations airspace at 2 a.m. They were following it. So it was oval-shaped, blue-green glow, Hovering over his vehicle, and then uh, I, think, I think they shot at the, 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 uh, the vehicle or something, and it took off, and it left the guy behind. Yeah, left, left one the him guy behind. behind. The guy. Left one of them behind, yeah. and, uh, and he walked out of the shadows and showed himself stepping into the vehicle's headlight. I don't know why they didn't just try to catch him, but the guy... Uh, well,
0: because the guy even said, I panicked. A forty-five the-
1: caliber pistol shot the creature five times, killing it. It remains gave off a foul-smelling, ammonia-like stench. Cleanup crew from Wright-Patterson Air Base. Where Ohio else? Flew in to retrieve the body. The retrieval crew acted as if this occurrence was not out of the ordinary. Let me tell you something. You shoot me, I'm going to be foul-smelling, too.
0: <laughs> but once again, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base comes in. Not any other Air Force Base in the country. Wright-Patterson yeah. comes in.
1: And this guy, this major fire, filer, he went in. He was talking to the intelligence briefings for the in- superior officers. Security at the base had been tightened and personally observed the emergency response in the aftermath of the incident. We interviewed it witnesses, but was denied access to photos that right. were taken. Senior Master Sergeant told him an alien has been shot here they found at the end of the McGuire runway. He said an alien from another country? goes, no, a space alien.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, so, that, so they said they shot him. Some say they shot him and he wandered off and they found him dead. You know, some shit so like that.
0: Yeah, the story I heard, he was shot on the tarmac. Yeah. And the other thing was that any of the witnesses, like you said, that came forward afterwards with pictures in their story, yeah. they were basically told, you're not going to say a word about this.
1: Yeah, and then you get the same crap, too. You get like this. The official explanation for the misidentification was that in 1978, people were in a UFO frenzy with the U.S. <laughs> USSR space race and Apollo moon missions still fresh in everyone's minds. Earlier that year, Steven Spielberg had released Close Encounters. The movie Star Wars was in theaters the previous years. Sliders had more credit. What are you, a jerk Stop. off? Stop. 337 references to UFOs published in the press, between 77 78. Even President Carter said he saw one. Yeah. Now these people are like, no, it's because a movie. So, in other words, you saw Close Encounters the third time, and then you saw some Spanish guy running across the thing, thought he was an and alien. You thought
0: he was an alien.
1: Did you, did you not see somebody? Right. Or oh, did you see somebody you thought was an alien? So dumb. I mean, it explain, or maybe it was a, you know. Then they said, and between that too, and this happens occasionally, strange booms were heard in the sky over the Jersey Shore and much of the east coast between December 77 and March 78. Right. And everybody's on it. One boom was so loud it caused a tremor in Southern Ocean County and the evacuation of the Oyster Creek power plant in Lacey, New Jersey. Yeah. The booms were blamed on sonic booms from the, the Concorde. How, however, subsequent booms did not confirm to the confirmed today. Concord schedule. And you could say maybe they're because maybe you could say they're uh, military jets doing that. But mm-hmm. I mean, they're not supposed to do that that close. But they, they you would have that off of Norfolk for a while. Yeah. But they cut back on that. And but it's it's part of folklore, but they looked into it and even the guy that they're all into MUFON now, the guys that looked into this originally when they were kids.
0: Listen, I live so close to this right pa- this yeah right Barrison, this Lakehurst air base. In your base mind. that um we actually have a schedule that's emailed to us on no, yeah. what days it's going to be the loudest from the ordinances. Well, from yeah, their sometimes, training.
1: yeah, sometimes they have uh, artillery barrages uh, for days. There and are the times out- or bombers going around, and you, you feel like you're in the middle of a war. Yeah, there I'm are times
0: I'm sitting here watching TV and oh, and the house no. is shaking. You yeah, think so, it's thundering?
1: Yeah, that's so somebody said. Is that, is that uh, thunder? I said no, no, no. That's ordinance. That's you could, ordinance. You could right. tell. You could tell the yep. con- the the concussive effect is much different.
0: Well, listen. We hope that you enjoyed those. Uh, we don't know what the hell's going on we with don't these know. stories, these alien stories of. We wanted to bring stories of where aliens and humans kind of boom got together. Yeah, in modern
1: times, the, like you know, it's like what, what does the military do? And they yeah, cross with these. I mean, and you've got so many things now. You look at this guy, man, telling you go, he was chasing a weather balloon. Well, what were they chasing off the Nimitz?
0: Yeah, exactly. What, what was right.
1: coming up, what's coming up out of the oceans off the uh, you know Catalina there?
0: Yep. But well, we wanted we wanted to bring Owls? that up. <laughs> on rafts? Owls on rafts. Um, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please shoot us a shoot us a note about the show. If you like the show, we've got some uh, we've got some pretty interesting ones coming up. Uh, and uh, we're trying to work on a few other different things. I mean, we
1: got some really strange stuff
0: coming. We up. do have some strange stuff coming up. These, these
1: things, like like even tonight, these are things you got to address at some point. Yeah. It's it's like like going through the files and doing a house cleaning there. But we got some really weird stuff coming
0: up. We do. Well, Don, I'm glad that you're better and we were able to record this tonight. Yep. And um, have a great week. Uh, Let's go, Jets.
1: Okay. Vaya con Dios.